1: And against machine, against man, of terror, of vengeance, and of crashing over cliffs, or could be another lighthearted edition of The Lucky Perfect uh, 91.3 WISO. Hello, I'm your host, Nikki Dakota, joined in the studio by the Film Guys from the Nitrate Film Vault at the Library of Congress, the largest frame, brain, and our man at the Library of Congress, he is George Willimon. George, welcome.
2: That actually sounds like me driving back to Ohio from Virginia. <laughs> hey.
1: Also on your radio ride, it is the storyboard artist for the Coen Brothers for uh, 20 years and uh. counting, and all the greatest movies ever drawn. He is our our man of the, uh, of the page. He is J. Todd Anderson. J. Todd.
0: Hello, Nikki Secret Code <laughs> Ring. Uh.
1: We come together to celebrate perfect movies, and this one is not only perfect, but really anxiety riddled.
0: What's well, about the human condition and the automobile. Oh, wow! And those truckers. Oh, those. <laughs> th- a
1: single
2: trucker, I should say.
0: Yeah, a very, very ubiquitous, Malevolent. invisible.
2: Nefarious trucker.
1: We never really do find out, do this, we? This
0: show has been imitated so much, and it, they've never even come close. Of course, what we're is... still holding a handful of razor blades known as made-for-TV movies.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this,
2: this is our the film. Know, the dependent. film is Duel, the 1971, 71. 71. first feature film length production by. Steven Spielberg. This is the movie that put the guy on the map. And
0: he openly says if it wasn't for this movie, he wouldn't have Jaws or anything else. This is like the mini Jaws. Um,
1: it's, it's absolutely terrifying. It's just it – just I was gripped with anxiety the entire time watching what's, this you know, If
0: you've ever experienced road rage, it's even going to be a worst anxiety attack because this guy will get – the, the truck uh, – you really don't see the driver. The truck will get under your skin like you can't believe it. And Dennis Waver, uh, who used to be in Gunsmoke.
1: Wasn't um, him a cloud he kin- was McCloud or my yeah? I love that. He, and-
0: he was Chester on Gunsmoke, mm-hmm. and he was in um, Touch, Ors, of Evil. Touch of Evil as the character similar good. to this. Yeah, so Spielberg
1: a- had a pretty pretty top quality actor from the get-go. He was go. a good TV
0: actor at that time, yeah. and this was television. So um, Dennis Weaver really pulls off a really great. Um, role in this movie
1: it is a perfect movie i wholeheartedly agree but we must remind ourselves and listeners that uh these uh, these parameters these criteria for a perfect movie are not just pulled willy-nilly out of the sky there's a very strict and pat set of rules and gentlemen those rules are
0: and you know duel creates the world
2: that it exists in and it wholly sustains that world. Regardless of changes in society, Duel retains its meaning and entertainment value. And Duel will never be placed in any kind of preferential or numerical order. It is perfect by its own scale.
0: Okay, kick the tom and get out of here. This, <laughs>
1: this movie is... Absolutely terrifying. It starts out okay. There's a the way it opens. You're 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 at uh, sort of uh, hub wheel hubcap level well, view. Well, you I
2: mean, you want me to tell you how the movie goes? Hey,
1: George, hey, would you yeah. give us a little idea about the action?
2: Okay. Well, the story is really basic and it's really nice and simple, which is, makes it even more terrifying because it, it it is the kind of thing where it could it could happen to you. It could happen to anybody. But basically, is the story of a businessman played by Dennis Weaver, whose name, which we'll come back to, is David Mann. Remember that None. name? And and he has to go out on a business meeting to some undisclosed closed location, lives in typical American suburbia, Los Angeles, outside of Los Angeles. And the opening of the film is him just leaving his home and driving, 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 driving out onto the highway.
1: And it's a really cool perspective. It's, he's right. in an innocuous car.
2: It's yeah, he's a driving little a little... Uh, early 70s, late, early 70s, uh, Plymouth Valiant. Just
1: hmm.
0: red. I'm sure it has Valiant. S- Although the Valiant. sound
2: doesn't sound right, but I'm sure that car had a slant sex in it because yeah. all those cars... And I there. also
1: love that the radio plays prominently. So the really the only sort of uh, sound, words you hear are coming through right. the radio. He's just so, driving. Yeah,
2: he's listening to the radio. He's going to his meeting. No big deal. And he ends up running up behind a fuel truck, a big, dirty, nasty-looking, greasy, old Peter built 18 wheeler fuel truck. With the word. With big flammable on the back. And, Uh, you know. And he has a hard time getting past it. He finally, you know, he finally gets past this truck and is just driving along. And all of a sudden, the truck roars by him again. And and very slowly, it begins to work into this cat and mouse game or a duel, if you will, between this unseen truck driver and. And Dennis Weaver. And there's no explanation for it. There's no reason for it. Nothing he has done has really – could have really upset this guy unless he was just a complete maniac, which as the movie progresses, you find out, yes, he really is. Mm-hmm. But along the way, we kind of find that this guy, that, that Dennis Weaver is – he's not much of a man himself. He's he's kind of milk-toasty, kind of weak. Um, he makes a call to his wife after a first close call – uh, with the truck driver where he you know, kind of half-heartedly apologizes for not standing up for her at a party the night before where some drunken lout had put the moves on her. And she, of course, says, well, he practically raped me at the party. And um, we never see this woman. Yes, you do.
1: No, you do. He, we see in her. In one short
2: scene when he's on the phone. Yeah. You and the see kids
1: her. are playing on the floor. And oh, she's yeah. A red dress. But we yeah. won't really get a
2: definition.
0: On no,
1: no. There's except nothing except that
0: really stands out in your head who she is. Yeah. No, except that, um, that she is somewhat...
2: Yeah. She does somewhat domineer him in this – or dominate him, excuse me, in this scene. So you get the idea that he is maybe, as the radio is saying, he is not the man of the house. Mm-hmm. He's the man in the house but not the man of the house. But if you think about that, this movie is already established. There's only one real
0: character – a human character, and that's Dennis Weaver. The rest of it is all mechanics, right? it's All mechanics. And that woman never hardly she. Well, fears. she's, she's not saw him interferes in that years just anymore. enough so that you know
2: he's married, and that he's and married, and family.
1: he's in trouble, and then he has to get to this meeting. So it's a little bit of exposition there. Right.
2: The so, meeting is more
0: important. Than she is
2: right. Yeah. So the base this, as the story progresses, it basically becomes the truck versus Dennis Weaver and his little valiant. And there are close calls, and the tension just builds and builds and builds. There's a, there's one time where he gets a respite at a restaurant, but maybe not because suddenly the truck is parked outside and it goes on and goes on. And, and I I don't wanna I'm not gonna say it, we're not gonna give away the ending or anything oh, because okay. it's much too good. Oh. But uh, the the tension is just palpable in this film. And have been feels.
1: I mean like they he really has almost the truck has almost caused uh Dennis Weaver with well, the David Mann character right. to to die. Yes, I mean, really times. dangerous. I almost put him off the road, and I'm head on at him. He tries to stop some children on a school bus, and come. Mm-hmm. It just is harrowing. I loved this movie, except that I was just uncomfortable the whole time. Right.
2: Well, and the thing that's so beautiful about this film one one is that because of its low budgetedness, um, everything you see in it looks very real. There's no green screen. There's no, um, you know, none of, none of this digital stuff. There's no, there was no such thing. So, all the stunts that are done in it, and it amazes me that the, as we'll talk about, the short amount of time they shot this in, because some of the, the car work is just really. Had to be the the logistics of pulling these stunts off were had to be really grueling.
1: Is that back to that eighteen day thing you were talking about? Well, this about is a made for, for TV
0: movies. The standard schedule on those things are usually eighteen to twenty one. Right. Now Goodness. they will always claim we did it in thirteen, we did it in fourteen, but they don't talk about the reshoots and how many right. times reshoots they go out go- for four or five extra days, which usually usually always accumulates into about three days. No,
1: yeah, but it's a, actually a really short amount of time. It's incredibly well,
0: short amount of time. It is yeah. television. It is television. And what they were doing, remember. They didn't have to shoot any sound on this, and there was no sound being shot in the field. Everything was added later. I, I can only think of one place in this movie where you had real actual uh, sound, and that was in that restaurant. And that restaurant sounded team. like a scratch track, man. Yeah. Um, that That's the only time. Otherwise, this is an, a movie that they just it took the lightest arrangement of a camera with the lightest lens and – went out there um, <laughs> well
2: and one of the neat things we were talking about the sound and the dialogue and everything because dennis weaver's pretty much by himself this entire movie there's very little chance for him to to dialogue with anyone so one of the neat things that comes up in it are these sort of inner monologues that he does about what is happening to him and this first one we're going to hear is actually he has you know just again escaped from the truck and he has gone into this little restaurant and and goes to the men's room to try and recover and and sort of thinks to himself about what is going on. Well, you never know. You just never
0: know. You just go along figuring some things don't change ever. like, Like being able to drive on a public highway without somebody trying to murder you. And then one stupid thing happens. 20, 25 minutes out of your whole life and all the ropes that kept you hanging in there get cut loose. And it's like there you are. Right back in the jungle again. All right, boy. It was a nightmare, but it's over now. It's all over. Ooh, man. man. That's, some, that's some subjective thought here that's going to involve real tragedy.
1: We're talking about the 1971 uh, first feature-length film from Steven Spielberg. It's Duel, and uh, it is perfect, on filmically perfect. I have to say, um, it is it's short, it seems shortish to I me, mean, or maybe it's, because it was just so yeah, it, it, gripping, it
2: packs a lot into its hour and a half. And originally, when it was first shown on television, the original running time was 74 minutes, huh. and when Universal decided to uh, distribute it theatrically, I think originally in Europe they uh, actually went and expanded it to 90 minutes. So some scenes that had been cut out.
0: One of the scenes that George claims they added, I can't really tell, but um, is the classic scene that this movie has developed to be known by is where he's at the railroad tracks and he's waiting on the train and he feels like he's safe and then Bam!
1: The, truck comes the truck behind, behind and them, pushing
0: yeah. him into, into the train. Oh. Now watch. If you watch this, you're going to remember Jaws, you know, where he's throwing the chum, the chum all over yeah. the back, and then all of a sudden uh. the fish comes out of the water. This is what this is. This is mini Jaws. And if you watch this him. very closely, you're going to see Jaws. All that's missing is some of the Peter Benchley stuff. But all the dynamics uh, in Jaws are all taken directly from his experience working in this movie. All the dynamics. Um it was just a different set of circumstances of course highway but it's still this truck is this evil entity that's pursuing him you never see the driver one time if you've seen this movie enough you'll re- you'll remember which scene where you see the or driver oh do you, you, you see, I didn't pick up on that you just see, see his, his arm, arm, arm that's
2: all as he tries to wave him by the truck and it's a sweaty, muscular horrible. arm so yeah. the
1: guys trying to pass trying to pass he's being a jerk and finally he waves him through waves and, him and you a car like, the other and you feel like and he almost died it's yeah. just but oh, well, then just later on you actually
2: you also see and this becomes a very important part you see the driver's shoes, which are brown cowboy boots. So when he is in this, when Dennis Weaver is in the restaurant recovering, he looks, he comes out of the the men's room and there's a truck parked across the road. So immediately he suspects the driver's in here eating or something like that. And he starts looking around and, you know, all the guys in there are kind of muscular truck driver-looking guys, and at least four of them are wearing brown cowboy boots. So he has no idea which
0: one <laughs> it is. When he, a- when he does this scene, Steven Spielberg puts a long lens on this camera, which is kind of unheard of, and he just simply... Stacks everybody up on that barn, and does a rack focus all the way down. Yeah. And he just does that with just the camera. Uh, the focus puller does that, and it just shifts. And it shifts according to the narration, which is really interesting that they were able to – they probably did it two or three different ways so they could get it, but it moves right on down the line. So you
1: hear, you hear Dennis Weaver's yeah. – right, the, his inner – yeah. Talking you can about, almost could you can be see, almost could see Dennis
0: Weaver's yeah. eyes moving down there, but you don't, because it's strictly a subjective point of
2: view. I'm and, getting
1: a tightness in my chest just thinking about this. Well,
2: now the beauty of this whole thing, the way it all plays out, is that he finally settles on this one guy who's sitting by himself in the front, eating a sandwich
1: of the four that have the cowboy yeah. boots. Yeah,
2: and, um, and you know he's, he's he's sure it's this guy. So you know he's he's beginning to feel that he he has no life of his own. He has no you know he doesn't stand up for himself. So he finally takes this opportunity he's gonna stand up for himself and tell this guy what is what look uh,
0: I want you to cut it out what just just cut it out okay Where? Now come on, I mean. Please, I don't let's not play games. What the hell are you talking about? I can call the police. Police? You think that I won't? You're wrong, Mister. You, you if you think you can take that, that truck of yours and just use it as a murder weapon, just <laughs> killing people on the highway, well you're wrong. You've got another thing coming.
1: Man, you need help. Don't you tell me I need help. Hey! Hey! Come on! Who the hell do you think you are
0: knocking my door? Come on! Come on! Now you want to fight? Get on up, son! All right, not want a nickel. All right,
1: all right. right come on, you already hit him twice now. What more do you
0: want, huh? Come on, come on now. Look at him. He's sick. Can't you see? You're going to fight no one. And
1: a creep goes around and act my sandwich. All right, all right, all right, all right. I'll buy
0: another sandwich. I'll buy you another sandwich. Now, come on, forget no, it. No, forget it.
1: Forget it. I'll stay running. stay around here. Let me buy you a beer, then, huh? Forget it. I'll
0: buy you a beer. Now, contrary to popular belief, um... Why do you get out of here? contrary to popular belief people talk with their mouth full in movies Uh, unlike now where every cereal commercial they have to talk with their mouth full figure that one out
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that's where they got
0: the idea was from Duel but we sure see it on television if it's cereal they're going to be talking with their mouth full
1: (laughs) speaking of got the idea from Duel I feel like I mean, the, the the plot seemed similar to me, and I realized I had seen another movie with this same kind of thing. It wasn't this movie, though. Oh no, though. they copied it. There was right.
0: Kildozer, everything, the car. every dangerous thing that could roll or move became a dual impersonator on Maverick Television. <sighs> Maximum land. Overdrive. Yeah, uh, that there, there was just even recently there was. They're always trying to top this picture, but because it's perfect, it's never going to be, <laughs> be topped. Um, and again, one of the cool things about this. Is this truck, which has an entity of evil, and it it's like alive, the whole thing. And one of the very interesting uh, items on this DVD is Steven Spielberg telling you how he did it. Mm. And if you are interested in making movies. Um, this is the disc to look at because he will tell you some very important things. And uh, George and I both know because we've made movies that when you're dealing with cars, no matter how fast they are, they're never fast enough. If you watch even race car movies like uh, uh, Winning in 1968, those the cars are going pre- 180 – they still had to speed those cars up.
1: You but, mean artificially with the yeah, film? Yeah, with right. like you
0: know even in post. Slowing down the film to make it look uh, like But fast. in this movie, Steven Spielberg, Spielberg shows you how it's done. The cameras are mounted very low on the truck so you can see the the road whipping by. And yeah. that means it goes faster and then also he's very careful to put the truck against a rigid wall like a cavern, you know, like out out west they have the, they cut through the hills. And then that that staggering of the rock makes it look like it's going a lot faster. Mm-hmm. And then going past fences. another thing right. that he is a master of, Steven Spielberg is probably the best at, is doing the reveal. Only he can do a reveal. Some people can barely get a reveal off in a movie by struggling, but he does it 10 different ways in this movie. He does it with two mirrors and a headlight. Unbelievable. Mm. And it's just a real simple eye movement coming from Dennis Weaver over to the mirror and then the truck pulls into the mirror and pulls uh, even closer where the circle of the
1: headlight matches the mirror. I think the word is anthropomorphize when you add mm-hmm. human characters to something that's inanimate. Well, I, also, I believe the truck to be uh, an. Speaking entity. of
2: anthropomorphization, yeah, um, I Spielberg, I said does, said, Gee, that's cool. Spielberg <laughs> does say Spielberg does say has said that the the truck he chose for the film, which is a Peterbilt, um, he chose because of its looking like a face it does it like i thought maybe face. i was
1: just projecting that but yeah no. i totally saw it. and that. it smokes it comes yeah. around you'll be looking
0: at the bend and the road and old dennis weaver be coming through in his little innocuous uh, duster or valiant and then here and then the, tr- the camera will go down even lower and then here comes the truck around the mountainside smoking like crazy uh, and then you know he, he gets a break Classically in, in all movies, he gets a break. It gets him on the grade. The truck can't make the grade. How many right. times have you passed up these, these crazy trucks because they come they
1: were, barreling down on the downside, but, but they then have they have a up, hard time you getting can't a get up. really yeah.
0: nice big grade there uh, from Cincinnati to Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. You can pass Cut, every truck that's ever developed up that hill. Yeah. Like they use he uses every technique that you can ever. Every insert, car insert, like a foot on a brake, foot on a gas, steering wheel, speedometer, all this stuff is standard tools for making road movies to cut, too. But he does it with such... Style that he's able to build a story with it. Uh, Oh, it's so
1: good. I particularly remember looking, he had a shot through the steering wheel at the speedometer, but a a, a big chunk of the speedometer was obscured, so you felt yourself sort of like leaning in and trying to Mm -hmm. lean over to see. I mean, I just thought that was so small and brilliant.
0: It's like standard operation for making movies. It's just the way he did it. Now, if you also look at this, you'll notice that we are on the outside of the door with Dennis Weaver driving. People don't use that very much. Even back before that, they shot inside the car because the car mounts were you know, it's just it's too too hard to hang. Right. But and screen direction is another thing because the driver only goes one way in an American car. I know I just worked with a British director, it was just really messing him up big time because he couldn't figure <laughs> out which side the driver was on. But
1: uh, gotcha. we are accept
0: yeah. the thing in our country, we're accepting of jumping over the line, the camera line, because we know our driver drives, you know, inside the car on the left side. In this movie, Steven Spielberg made that uh, camera be on the outside of his uh, driver's side for the operation of doing good screen direction in this movie because this thing is so exposition-laden with pictures that you couldn't really break the line much because it was too hard to follow if you did.
1: We're talking about the 1971 Steven Spielberg classic film of... uh, of machines gone bad it's called duel it's his first feature-length film and um i i just still even watching it i got all tight i'm just talking about i don't know why something so non-human could have this effect
2: and in in deference to uh our hero frank capra uh no film is an island (laughs) <laughs> and and it's not just Spielberg who makes this such a great film. It's also two guys who were very responsible for this. First of all, there's Richard Matheson. He's who the Who wrote the writer. screenplay. Great. I mean, a great writer, just in his own right, as a writer of short stories. Uh, wrote many, many episodes of The Twilight Zone. Many other great things. Uh, this story actually his, – his, The story for this one came from an actual experience that he had on November twenty second, 1963.
1: You know that. The
2: day (laughs) that—I read this—the day that that, uh, President Kennedy was killed, that he was dogged by a truck on the highway. So he extrapolated this story from that. But the second person, besides Matheson, is a gentleman who I honestly say I did not know his name before I started doing some research on this. His name is Jack Marta. And he was the director of photography for this film, and I was, you know, watching this film. The cinematography is so amazing, and the the setups and all the, you know, the way it's shot. And I'm like, who did he get to shoot this thing? And it's Jack Marta. Who's Jack Marta? So I look him up. This guy's all over the place. He has 222 DP credits to himself. Uh, both, that's an incredible both, number. Both television and film. And for television, we're talking about shows like The Green Hornet. Mm. We're talking about Batman. Um, what else? Uh, just the Rat Patrol, T H uh, E Cat, etc cetera, et cetera. For films, uh, we're talking about Walking Tall. Oh. Uh, Cat Blue.
1: Is Walking Tall on, our, on your on your list? No, nah. I don't believe, no.
2: no. Um, Plaza Suite. Two of the Billy Jack movies. Yeah, the Billy Jack episodes movies. Episodes of Emergency. Weird, man.
0: Because none of that stuff matched in Billy Jack. I can't yeah. quite figure that out. None <laughs> so, of that stuff so we matched. Have this,
2: so we have this guy who is, he, he shoots movies, he shoots TV, and he's good, he's fast. And he knows what the director wants. And and th- this film really snaps. I mean, the photography is one of the things that was it was 100% light, so they could go a lot
0: faster. And yeah. they use bounce boards instead of lights. You know, what does only, that mean? It's a big mirror. Instead of using a light, right. they used bounce boards. big A mirrors. natural light and just natural put a mirror light, out? Yeah. Ooh. That's Ooh. It, the way they did that for years in the old days. Yeah. Now, when, when they were making this movie and Steven Spielberg uh, was going through the material, he had found this Matheson script. Um, and it was based on a periodical story, I believe. and But here's the thing about what I'm saying. <laughs> here's Steven Spielberg, who has his assistant, who is probably Kathleen Kennedy, Kathleen Kennedy back then. And they were going through these scripts to, to decide which they were going to do next, which project. He's only 22 years old. <laughs> <laughs> wow, he's got his own bungalow, his own little production, you know, deal where they they pay him for the office on a writer first refusal basis, you know, which is what they do. And here he is going through the scripts. You know, we went all these scripts. We found this script. How many twenty two year old guys talk like that? I mean, he was already marked for. And then the, the, the DP that George is talking about, I can, I can almost wager the reason why they selected him because look at all that stuff he did. And it was television. And they don't want to be hung up in, in anything that's going to hold up production. So they right. hired these lightning-fast
2: DPs like so, this So, I guy. mean, I, I can just see him going, okay, we got this tough shoot. We got a young director. We need someone to – take him and show him how to do things and get it done. Let's get Jack Marta because he's done all this. This
1: movie is, pardon me, not to be missed. Go ahead, I'm sorry.
0: Steven Spielberg even says that back when he got in there, most of the older film guys had become television guys and the average age was like my age now, you know, which I'm not going to tell you.
2: (laughs) But yeah, that old (laughs) gee.
0: But he was a 22-year-old squirt. Upstart. (laughs) Yeah, and here he was. He goes out and he makes this phenomenal movie that he admits
2: set his career forever. But the the other beauty about this film. Of course, Spielberg, as sort of in a John Forty kind of way, he goes, well, it's just high noon with a truck. Well, hmm. okay, fine. But no, because you've got you've got Dennis Weaver playing this character, as we mentioned before, David Mann. You have little David going up against this huge truck. Goliath. Goliath. You have truck. him driving a little red car.
1: Valiant.
2: Valiant. Ooh, I love okay. it. Okay. And of course, the film being called Duel, yeah, the main duel is about you know the truck versus the the man in the car but it's also the man versus himself and his sort of his sort of wishy-washy way of going through life and not standing up for himself and the truck and, is a tanker truck and it's called a peterbilt
0: yeah. this
1: is flammable Gentlemen, <laughs> <So, laughs> I we are almost out of time and think okay. about it this is just like a in okay, some we're way okay we are thinking about it? oh thinking- <laughs> uh, okay as we wrap up, let's think about the rules. How, have how have have we met these uh, these high standards? We just have,
0: yes. If you're interested in get if you are interested in getting in the movie
2: business, you have to watch this. Yeah. That's right. This it's is a film showing good. how it's this to is... be done. And you look at you look at this little tight film of Steven Spielberg's and look at some of the big bloated things that he does now. Now that he's rich and famous. Well, and it's just, because of this. The movie. difference is is phenomenal. This is this is a filmmaker. Making a film, I mean making a film with a capital F.
0: Big film. Uh-huh. Big film. A little budget. This movie will be celebrated like for years and years and years to come. We
1: always like to hear from you right to the Film Guys at filmguys at perfectmovie.net. Check us out. Uh, you can find archives of all the shows that we've done so far at perfectmovie.net at npr.org at iTunes. Gentlemen, this has been great. I'm feeling a little better now that they I know. They should listen
0: to all 121 the road. of them. They
1: should. <laughs> J. Todd Anderson, thank you for being with us today.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure, Nikki Nicky. George
1: uh, Williman, thank you so much. We'll meet up next time. It's
2: more fun than
0: Please?